Hello and welcome to another episode of As the World Turns with Nicolette. I'm Nicolette. I hope everybody has had a great month. Um, October has not been the best month for me. If you read both blog posts, yes, October was a double feature. I wrote two blog posts just because I just felt kind of unsettled and I needed to kind of vent um, about loss. And then I knew that we had to do a kind of check-in with the glow up checklist because we had not spoken about glowing up since January. But before I get into any of that, I really want to just take a moment um, to remember the amazing, lovely, vibrant souls we've lost in the month of October and even before. And I just want to have a moment of silence. So their presence may no longer physically be with us um, on this earth, but our memories live on. So I just want to take a minute to remember those that we've lost. We want to just be thankful for the life that they lived here and the fact that we were able to be a part of it. So, thank you. So the first of the two blog posts is nobody teaches us how to deal with death. And really, there was no better way for me to put that because nobody teaches you that um, in reality. So, I'm a practical human being. I'm usually rational, although Brent would probably say otherwise. <laughs> but I know people have to die. I mean, that's a cycle, you're born, you live, you die. Like, I know that. But knowing that does not prevent you from feeling like a suck-out bag juice, for want of a better term, for, pe for feeling completely empty when someone dies. It feels like I have been sitting in darkness for three weeks. I can't see a way out. I'm unable to manage, unable to see, and I just can't cope. So I found this article on Washington Times and it's titled How to Deal with Death, Loss, Grief and Bereavement. So I'll leave a link to it in the description area and it has a section on how to, how to heal. How do we heal beyond grief, loss and death? So it says how we manage the process can depend on our personality, age, beliefs, support network and type of loss. There is no one way or normal amount of time to grieve. Experts have described several steps. So I'm going to go through some of the steps now and hopefully this will help you and also help me along this process of grief and just coping. So it says, accept your feelings and know that grieving is a process. It takes time. Step two is living in the moment. We know we cannot change the past and that tomorrow is uncertain. Most negative thoughts that we experience or harbor are in regards to the past and future. By fully engaging ourselves in the moment, not allowing time to rush past unobserved and unseized, we are being mindful. We are living life. So living in the moment, focusing on the present. Redirecting emotions. This also is an opportunity to reconnect. 
During times of grief, we often disconnect and isolate ourselves. Pick up the phone, send a text or email to reach out to others and even express that you are grieving. So don't stay in your ball and don't say anything and kind of redirect that grief into something else uh, when you're talking to someone else about it. The next step here is rest and rejuvenation. Grief affects all facets of our well-being and is exhausting. We must take care of ourselves by eating well, being physically active, and getting good quality and quantity of sleep. I could really work on the sleep part of that though. Um, the next step is special times of the year. So birthdays, holidays, fathers or mothers days can evoke memories and sadness. Acknowledge it and make new traditions that honor those no longer with us. So instead of quote unquote wallowing in the sadness, allow it to be a time of celebration. Support groups. Speaking with others who are grieving or have grieved can help you understand and validate emotions. And then the final step here is professional help. If you feel you're not coping with your grief, losing sleep, trouble keeping up uh, with your normal schedule, thoughts that life is not worth living or harming yourself or experiencing prolonged grief disorder lasting longer than six months, it is a good time to visit with your doctor. They may recommend a mental health professional who can help you explore your thoughts and emotions. And in studies, the prevalence of the prolonged grief disorder ranges from 10 to 20%. So they're saying one in five people can suffer from prolonged grief disorder. I've never heard of that. And it's probably something that we should probably just uh, Google and see what the symptoms of that are. And you already know what I, what I um, think about getting professional help. I've already expressed my feelings on seeking counseling. It's always better to go because you never really know what you're carrying around until you're forced to unpack it. So definitely seek counseling. Um, maybe not as a last resort, maybe somewhere further up along the food chain. Now, it's always difficult to segue into the second half of a two-part discussion, especially when the first one is just as heavy as death. Um, but maybe if I say the words smooth transition, it will help. Smooth transition. <laughs> Did that help? What's really corny and really lame is to actually wrote that down as a joke in my podcast notes. But anyway, I know that we have successfully transitioned into our next topic, the glow up checklist. I hope you remember what the glow up was really about. Uh, the last time we spoke about this was in January. I will also leave a link to that uh, blog post in the description area. But the glow up really has nothing to do with the physical, but everything to do with a mental, psychological consciousness of self and coming into oneself, really understanding who you are, coming to terms with who you are, and really knowing you. So just to borrow a few lines from that blog post, radiance, light, flame, heat, glow. The glow up speaks to a transformation. I'd like to call it a coming into one's self. I rationalized it as really getting to know yourself, being in touch with your needs, coming to a realization of your value, worth, importance, skills, and contributions to society. It is the rebirth of a more confident, radiant you. 
The globe does not refer solely to your physical appearance. Hell, it doesn't even have to take into account your physical, appear your physical appearance, but to a consciousness of self. The globe is about striving for and achieving your best self, working towards personal development, and being unapologetically you. You are molding your life into your own vision and living within the parameters of the purpose you envision for your life. It's a complete transformation of mind, body, and soul. So that's really what the glow up is. You know, it's really about honoring yourself and your opinions. You know, it's about thinking about why you're making yourself smaller so other people can be bigger. Thinking about what about you? Who are you inserting yourself into this equation? Exploring your thoughts, understanding why you think these things. Looking at, finding and admitting your shortcomings, your flaws, your weaknesses. How can you overcome them? Not taking responsibility for other people's happiness, but responsibility for your own happiness. Being present, learning how to live in the moment. I know life can feel like a struggle constantly. It can feel sometimes like you're sucking the fun out of having fun because of where you are. But be present with those thoughts and explore them further to see what lies beneath and how you can tackle it from the source. It's about trusting yourself, getting the support you need, and then also knowing to identify when you need the support. Knowing you are enough, just the way you are. Understanding that no experience is wasted. Everything contributes to your life and to your growth. They sometimes say that you should compare yourself only to yourself. But also be sure to remind yourself that you can create new moments. So you don't need to meet or exceed your previous high points. I was listening to a podcast shared with me by a dear friend um, with Ian Lavanzant. I'm talking about Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson and saying that they actually it's gonna be a little bit morbid killed themselves trying to get to and exceed their highest points so she was saying don't get caught up on exceeding your high points you can create a new thing you can create a new moment and you can live in that moment understand that moment and be proud of that moment and always remember to be gentle with yourself definitely be gentle with yourself you have one life to live you have this one body, honor it and honor yourself. So I asked a few questions in the blog post. I had a few questions to make it seem more like a magazine checklist. So just to see if you're on track, there's a few things to check off to see if you're on track um, or where you should be at this point since we're almost at the end of the month. Hear me the end of the month, the end of the year, the end of the year. And then there are more comprehensive questions and they're really for you to probe more and focus on specific ways you can improve caring for yourself and understanding your mind and your body. So I'm going to actually answer those questions here and now to see where I am. So let me just get to that page. Here we are. Okay. Under the complete you, the first question is what have you learned about yourself in the past few months? I have learned that I can actually be patient. I can actually be patient with people. I have learned that it's not all about me and I can listen to people more to be able to learn more. How has this shaped your interactions? 
it has shaped my interactions in so far as I'm listening more. So I used to have a really weird thing. I used to be able to look into your eyes, be able to nod along with you, definitely nodding, nodding along, but not hearing anything you're saying. Like I'm nodding along and I'm, oh really? Wow. But I'm not really hearing what you're saying. I'm not processing your words. So no, I am I'm more of a listener now. I am not only hearing and having passed through, but I'm hearing and processing. So that, that has um, changed my reaction, interactions in that way. How do you react to bad news? Um, I am very emotional and can be very hysterical. <laughs> so now I decided to take a step back. So before I say anything, when I receive bad news, I take a step back, listen to everything that was presented, think about what each reaction will mean. So if I scream, what will that mean for me? If I cry, what will that mean for me? Um, if I think more practically, what will that mean for me? So I'm just a bit more mindful about how I react to bad news now and take it in strides. How does this affect the rest of your day? So depending on what the news is, if it is something I can fix and it doesn't really affect my day, but it's something that's also my control, I still have it affecting my day to some extent, um, but I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. How do you react to good news? I react to good news probably with a grain of salt because I still feel like even though this is something good that's happening, any second something could change and it could become the worst news of my life. So while I'm happy in this moment, I'm still wary that in the next moment I could be sad. And that's something I probably need to work on. I just spoke about being present and understanding how how good it is to be present in this moment and not to worry about the future. But I'm still a bit of a worrywart and I'm still a bit worrisome about the future. Where are you on the path to a consciousness of self? Wow. Um, now, I kind of link this, which it may not be the best thing to do, but I kind of link me... Um, finding out more about myself and, and becoming more conscious of myself to going to a therapist and I have been in the process of finding a new therapist. So I feel like I'm not as far ahead as I should be, but I really am listening to myself more. Um, really, I just feel probably a bit more grounded, a bit more spiritual. So I still think while I'm not where I want to be, I am slowly climbing up to where I need to be. Are there any barriers? Of course there are barriers. It's always difficult doing a new thing and focusing on myself and trying to understand myself in this way is a new thing. And sometimes I feel like I am, how do I say this? I am oversimplifying some of the things that I'm doing or over, maybe not oversimplifying, but I'm over explaining the things, you know? So maybe this is just something that happened by chance, but I'm thinking, oh no, I manifested this in some way. So those things how can i overcome them mm. by just listening to me knowing that i am not overthinking i'm not oversimplifying i'm not over explaining i am just trying to live life and comprehend life so i need to be more gentle with myself to be able to overcome these barriers have you been able to maintain an open mind even in difficult situations i think so i think in some instances, I'm also like, what the hell are you saying? But what comes out of my mouth is not that. What comes out of my mouth is, oh, I'd like to hear more. Please explain. 
do you listen to understand or do you listen to respond? So it depends. Usually I listen to understand, but in a very heated moment, in a very heated discussion, I am listening just to respond. I'm thinking about what can I say to move your to make your point move. So I'm still a work in progress. <laughs> Self-care and wellness. Do you listen to your body? Yes, I try to do this more. Sometimes I'm wondering if it's my body or just my laziness. So this morning, I've been, well, I've been trying to go to the gym at least four times a week to do a specific circuit of exercises. And this morning I didn't go because I was just not feeling great. So I decided to do yoga instead. And sometimes that becomes more of an excuse than anything else. So I have to know when to listen to my body and when to say, no, let's, let's get out of this funk and let's just go. What steps have you taken towards a self-care routine? I am always one for a self-care routine. Right now, I need to be on a diet to lose a specific number of pounds. Um, ideally before November 1st, which is a long shot. So ideally before the end of the year. And I know how crazy I can be with that and how caught up I can be with that. So I'm trying to just take a step back. And just take care of me for a sec before I get all caught up in that. So I'm still eating chocolate. I know that I probably shouldn't be. But in a way, this is how I'm taking care of myself. And not going crazy about this weight loss. When I know I can go crazy about this weight loss. How would you define men mental wellness? Darn, I should have really prepared. I could have had something so profound to say. Um, I think mental wellness is just a state of balance a state of awareness that you have to me mental wellness is not just about being able to cope in all situations it's knowing when you need help how to access that help and when to ask for that help to me that is also a mentally sound person you know knowing when you need help knowing when you can't manage knowing when something is too emotionally burdensome for you so knowing your limits understanding those limits and not exceeding them all of those things um come on to mental wellness for me is your mental wellness a priority? Definitely it is a priority. You only have one mind, you know, and a healthy mind in a healthy body. That's the goal. So it's definitely a priority for me. Why is it a priority? Because I've seen the value in a healthy mind. I never thought I needed to see a counselor or a therapist. I was just living life. I had a pretty good life. There was something I needed to talk about. I used to think only people who had traumatic experiences physically traumatic at least, uh, would, would go to a therapist. But you never really know how something affects you and the kind of trauma that you could be living with, even emotional trauma that you could be living with and how things manifest. So I want to be able to be on top of that so my mental wellness is a priority for me. Uh, what do you do at least once a week that's just for you? At least once a week that's just for me, drink wine. <laughs> I'm just joking. I try to carve out some time. So I try to ensure that even on my commute to work or even when I get home from work, there is some kind of time for me, even at work. So I was talking on Twitter a few, I want to say weeks ago, just about how taking your lunchtime is necessary. So my amazing friend who is in HR, 
uh, I saw him this summer and he was telling me about the importance of taking your lunch break away from the office and not just sitting at your desk because a lot of times we just sit at our desk because we don't want to lose that time and we want to continue working but we need to also take time for ourselves so let me tell you what I do for myself so in the morning I know that listening to some gospel music will ground me for the day so on my commute to work I'm listening to gospel music when I get to work I know that if I listen to a podcast or read my motivation for that morning or perhaps listen to some music, I know that will get me pumped for the day. So what, depending on the day, I choose one of those three avenues. Lunchtime, I will take my break away from my desk. I may not leave my office. I may just face the window, look outside, read a book, do one of those things for the hour because I am entitled to my lunchtime even if I'm not eating my lunch, Right? So I take that time and then when I get home, I try to read for at least an hour. And that's just me time. That's just focusing on me. Then on Fridays, I try to do this every week for two weeks and then there's a break. So there's two weeks on, one week off. Sorry, that's how it's done. So I just take some time, have some wine, reflect on the week. And I go through my diary of things to see if I completed whatever I needed to complete for that week. And that's what I do for myself. I do also love candlelight baths. That's also very relaxing. What makes you happy and why? I'm very simple. I'm a very simple person. And very open to happiness, especially in these times. I could be having a horrible day. And I just say I pop you on the street and I'm happy, you know? So I feel like I have been taking time to really focus on happiness in the small things. And I want, why I'm finding happiness in the small things? Because I realize that life is precious. And every moment we have on this earth is a precious moment. And we just need to be able to take that in. So, that's why. Now, on the physical health, are you managing your physical health? I want to say for the most part, yes. I need to be losing this weight for my physical health. And I've been lagging on it just because... I want to take some time to consciously get there instead of being on this freak diet and then gaining the weight right back. I really want to see if I can achieve any kind of maintenance of weight loss because I have not been successful, as you would all know. Um, do you have barriers to managing your health? Food. <laughs> there are barriers to managing my health because I know what I should be doing. Uh, some days I do them, some days I don't do them. So consistency is a barrier for me. And I don't know if this would be a barrier, but it makes it more difficult, the fact that I have um, inherited some things from my parents. Have you set any personal health goals? I have set personal health goals. I do want to achieve my goal weight by sometime next year. I have not put a date on it because I don't want to, as I said, get bogged down and get so insane about weight loss that I forget about also being healthy. So sometime next year, I want to achieve my goal weight. It's just about 20 to 30 pounds I need to lose. I'm very concerned about how thin I will look, um, but I really want to do this for personal health reasons, so we'll see. What does a healthy you look like? A healthy me, I used to think would be a very fit me. So I thought I would have to be, you know, ripped and doing the best. But a healthy me is really 
a happy me, someone who can fit into her clothing well um, and is just really enjoying life. What does a healthy you feel like? A healthy me feels like someone who can do jumping jacks without feeling labored. That's what I would feel like. And I can and I'm able to jump up to soca music and not feel like my entire body is jello. <laughs> uh, have you taken steps to improve your physical health in order to achieve a healthy you? I have. Yes, I have taken those steps. I may be lagging in a few of them, but I will see all my regular doctors before the end of the year. Relationships. Would you consider your current relationships, including friendships and familial relationships, healthy? I'd say for the most part they are. I kind of talk to a handful of people and then obviously Twitter people. So it's, it's difficult. It's easy because if I'm talking to a handful of people, I'm not going to talk to people that, that are not edifying my soul. You know, people that are not saying things I want to hear or things that I need to hear. And then on Twitter, it's great because you can just filter out the noise on or in, on any social media platform, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. You can filter the noise. You can block people, unfollow people, whatever. So I would say that my current relationships are healthy right now. There are some familial relations that you just you can't help it. But the ones that I consciously am a part of are healthy. Do you consider yourself a good friend? I consider myself the best friend. <laughs> I am a, I would say I'm a good friend. Um, I do hesitate though a lot of times to tell my friends how I feel when I know it will hurt their feelings. And I don't know how they'll react to it, so I don't say much. But I would say I'm a good friend. For the most part, I have your best interest at heart. And I say for the most part because sometimes I'm afraid to tell them how I really feel about a situation. Um, so at all times then, I should probably change that to at all times, your best interest is at heart and I, I'm not going to lead you astray. Um, I must say though that sometimes it's better for someone to learn on their own and for me to tell them something else. So then I can say, oh yeah, I could say where that was wrong after they've seen it. Um, and some friends I, I know, so I gauge those relationships. So some friends I know I can say it to, and they would appreciate me saying it beforehand, but some friends want to learn the lesson on their own. So I've been able to ascertain which friends want to and which friends don't want to. And then I, um, adjust my advice accordingly. What is your idea of a good friend? Somebody who is not afraid to tell me when I'm wrong, <laughs> ironically, um, someone who will understand that I am horrible sometimes at communication um, on a regular basis, but will know that at any time, if they need anything, I'm there. Um, a good friend is somebody who is able to just be there. When there's so much noise in the world, they can be able to sit with you in silence and just you can be at peace, you know? That's a good friend. Are your current relationships edifying? I would say so. I would say that I am learning a lot from my friends, especially right now. Everybody's in a different place, which I absolutely love because I'm learning so much about um, different stages of life and thinking about their experiences as opposed to my experiences and how they're similar and different. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um... Have they contributed in positive ways to your overall well-being? I would say so. I would say the fact that there's diversity in my friend circle has been helpful in my processes of, you know, 
just working towards a consciousness of self. So yeah, definitely positive. Do you know when to let go? Wow, that one kind of slapped me though. Like I wrote this list and forgot about that question. Um, do you know when to let go? I think I'm learning that. I I never want to be seen as a person who didn't try, you know, to have a relationship be successful. I never want to be seen as that person. And sometimes it's just really not worth it. And I've had some hard lessons that I've had to learn about when to let go. And I'm still kind of wary about letting go but you have to you know if it's if it's no longer helpful to you if it's no longer helpful for you then you gotta let it go let it go let it go okay i'm not even gonna bother to try that because i'm so hoarse right now so my final thoughts on glowing up is that it is a process you're always growing and expanding and knowing so this will obviously be an ongoing process you have to be mindful of yourself, of your thoughts, and of your actions. It's an ongoing process. Now it's time for the Dreamline update. So I'm still working on managing um, my gym routine, sticking to it. I love working out. I really do. I love it. I love the little pains I get. I just I love the soreness. But it's hard sometimes to just stick to the routine. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it and I'm conscious about it. So I changed my goal digging routine. So this is how I record my goals and keep track of them. So I changed that routine and I have been trying to keep up with them ever since and failing. I feel like my whole life is in disarray while I'm in this process of finding a new therapist. <laughs> but I'm also learning to kind of embrace this quote-unquote messy period and messy schedule and trying to see how I can manage um, this new habit until it becomes a routine. Because I had gotten this new planner in August and I changed my entire goal planning routine and I still haven't been able to get into the swing of things yet. But I will. And that will be sorted out. I also started this thing that I announced on Facebook where I will be telling people how much they've meant to my development, how much they've contributed rather to my development over the years, um, and how much they mean to me. So no matter how strained our relationship is, now I'm talking about the value of um, their contributions to my past and some of them to my present um, it, it has been emotionally taxing so far. I don't think I've gotten through probably not even quarter of the people I want to, to get to yet, but, um, it's also been kind of liberating. Um, first of all, you don't know, you don't know how people will respond and that is where I'm kind of wary and it can be taxing to, to pour out your entire soul and then not be sure how people will respond. I've been able, sorry, to get over some of those obstacles and um, I've had some estranged friends who've been able to kind of start building a bridge to a new friendship. So that's been great. And I'll be continuing that because I feel like 
I just need to get that out. You know, life is too short. I have to let people know that I appreciated their contribution because my life is only as rich as the people I share it with. So that's it for my Dreamline update. Now on to what I'm reading. I'm reading a very, a very kick, a kick in the teeth kind of book. One of my very best friends. We've been friends for, wow, I want to say about two decades. Oh my God. That's a long time to be somebody's friend. She told me about this book a few years ago. And it's called The Defining Decade. Why Your Twenties Matter and How to Make the Most of Them by Dr. Meg J. It's really, as I said, a kick in the teeth. Right? Especially for those of us who are on the brink of 30. Looking at 30 in the face. But it's not only for 20-somethings. It's also for 30-somethings. It's for anybody who really wants to get their life in order. It's has been very helpful so far with thinking about relationships and how you are mindful of how relationships can shape your future, being intentional about your desires and about what you choose to do and those things. So it's been a very helpful read so far. I've been highlighting it. It's a great book though. I would encourage everyone to read it. The Defining Decade, Why Your Twenties Matter and How to Make the Most of Them by Dr. Meg J. Definitely, definitely a very helpful read for wherever you are right now in your professional development and even personal development. I'm reading that wonderful book by Bell Hooks though and I am having it as a part of my hashtag lunchtime feminism um, on Twitter and Instagram and it's been helping me uh, to know more about the feminist movement and what feminism really is because as I had said in a few blog posts ago, um, they, they used to make feminism seem like you had to be burning your panties on the street to be a feminist, you know? So yeah, I'm really learning a lot. I'm trying to share this information with people because there are a lot of people, men in particular, who are misinformed about what feminism is. So I'm trying to make that information more available. Song of the month. The song of the month. Listen, this song is the most amazing song I have heard. It's by Lucas Graham and it's Love Someone. It touches you on every single level. I'm almost tearing up right now just thinking about the song. It's an amazing song. It 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 just really hits you. It hits you where you need to be hit. And just really, it just, stop it. Just pouring out emotions. So I love this song so much. And if you really want to get, um what the words are saying you can go on the behind the scenes i think it's genius behind the scenes um and they will give you like all the literally what all the words mean and what the writer intended and all his personal notes it's pretty great it's a lovely song it's a song for every moment i love it absolutely love it and it definitely has been getting me through this tough time in October with uh, the loss I've experienced. And the final thing that I want to leave with you guys is my quote of the month. My quote of the month this month is from a Japanese proverb. It says, beginning is easy, continuing is hard. Beginning is easy, but 
continuing is hard. I really want to wish us the very best for the remainder of the year. And I hope that we will not only begin wonderful things, but continue wonderful things throughout the rest of our lives. See you next month.